Welcome to the JMAC Tries Podcast. Welcome back to the JMAC Tries podcast, a show dedicated to bringing you weekly conversations of motivation and positivity with badass triathletes. And today's guest is Jill Kuhn. That's right, Iron Will, Iron Jill. Super, super psyched to have her on my show. She just finished her first 50 miler. She's training for 100K and she's going to top off 2018 with a 100 miler. Pretty crazy considering what she has dealt with her entire life, which started way back in middle school after getting hit in the head with a shot put at a track meet. And it didn't stop there. She's had multiple bike accidents. She had um, super high anxiety when it came to swimming. That's right. It wasn't just didn't know how to swim. She had full-blown panic attacks in the water. Um, And on top of all that, She's dealing with RA. So she's dealing with a really awful disease, but it has not stopped her one bit. It still doesn't take time away from her being a wife and a mom of four boys and getting in a 28-mile training run that took her basically 12 hours, not all at once, but only because she had other things in her life that she had to fit in. So we talk about all this cool stuff and how she continues to persevere and cross that finish line with a big freaking smile on her face. So great conversation with Jill. I really enjoyed it. She's so inspiring. Um, just like all my guests, you know, if you think you got it bad, just you have to listen to some of these stories. And people just don't say no. And they, they don't take no for an answer. They say F you to whatever's thrown in their way and just want to cross that finish line no matter what it takes. So uh, I really appreciate Jill coming on my show. We had a great conversation. We talk about her background, how she got into triathlon, how she got into ultras, what a training day looks like for her, what a typical day looks like for her, and some of the physical um, things she's had to deal with her entire life. So before we get started, I just want to thank you guys, my listeners, as always, for the five stars on Apple Podcasts, the great comments, the sharing of my program, and continuing to raise the bar every week with more and more downloads from the previous week. So thank you guys very much. Again, I'm having a blast doing this, and I hope you're really enjoying listening to these great stories. So without further ado, Jill Kuhn, Iron Will, Iron Jill. Hello, Jill. Good morning, Jay. How are you? I'm good today. How are you? Doing good. That's good. Are you in your, your secret place in your car? No, I'm hidden away in a secret room in my house. <laughs> <laughs> even better, even better. I know it's kind of funny. We're chatting, um, we're chatting before. We had a little bit of difficulty, but we're going to try this again. Um, as a mother of four boys, 
your your time and your private space is pretty limited. It is. I don't even get to go to the bathroom by myself. So any <laughs> any time I can get away is is a, the golden hour. Perfect. Well, I, I appreciate you taking some of that golden hour to spend with me. Oh no, I'm I'm happy to. So um, I got to start with the weather. I'm in the middle of a of a nor'easter here in New England, and um, luckily there's no snow, but we're getting pounded with rain and 50 mile an hour winds. So um, if you hear some craziness in the background, it's the wind. It's insane. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yes, it, it's it's very chilly here too. It's in the 60s. <laughs> uh, but it warmed up to the seventies a little bit later. <laughs> uh, I'm so jealous. I can't wait to do these calls in the summer when I can tell everybody it's 95 degrees here. That's right, and we're like it's 110 <laughs> with 100 percent humidity. That's right. Yeah, it gets pretty darn hot where you are. You're in Texas. It does. Right? Yes, I like the heat. Yep. You know, everybody in Texas they get on the treadmill in the summer. I am outside in the summer, but I'm on the treadmill in the winter. That's awesome. So you're just bring on the heat and yeah. uh, and you're fine with it. I mean, I'm slower and it's harder, but I feel like I don't, I don't, it doesn't take as much of a toll on me. So I feel like it gives me a little bit of an advantage. Yeah. And, and I, it's funny. I feel the same way. It, it takes me less time to warm up. Um, I feel like my body's kind of moving a little better. Um, and I just feel happier. Yeah, me too. I need the sunshine. <laughs> Cold makes me tense. Yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, especially up here, um, in New England, when it gets really cold, yeah, your body just doesn't want to move. Um, you're inside a lot. It's dark. So I'm, I'm pumping vitamin D into my body all winter. Yes. So how are you, um, how have you recovered from your, from your first ultra? You know, I actually uh, went out for a little bit of a run yesterday. I've been, I have another ultra on deck, so I've been trying to get back to training, but um, I'm still not quite fully recovered. I still have some niggles here and there. I uh, twisted my ankle in the ultra on a route. And so that ankle still giving me a little bit of trouble. That's right. You, it was, you said it was like mile one, you twisted your ankle. I did. It was pouring rain. It was dark. It was muddy. And this course is, they call it, it's called Rocky Raccoon, but everybody teases and says it should be Rudy Raccoon, Raccoon because <laughs> the roots. I mean, they're everywhere and they're huge. And so, of course, you know, me, mile one dark and damp and i hit that one route and twisted my ankle and went down oh my god did you have to stop no i didn't i mean i got up and kept going it was actually later as i kept on it that i had to stop it um i had to stop why didn't i stop it um well first i stopped and i had the uh, i'm an aid station had them doctor my blisters then i stopped at the next aid station had them wrap my ankle and then um at the halfway point, I, I was probably a good hour in the medic tent having them doctor my feet up. Oh, my God. So um, so this is your first ultra, and it was 50 miles, correct? Correct. And, I mean, so you knew this going in, that these were kind of like the little things you had to worry about, right? It was it was beyond chafing in a, in a triathlon. Yeah. And, well, and, you know, I mean, kind of like in a triathlon, though, you never have any idea what the day holds for you. Flat tires stomach mm -hmm. issues, you know, just things you never can predict that are going to happen. And, and that's basically been your whole life. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I want to, I want to kind of go back to the beginning of your story. Um, goes, going back to middle school, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. you were around a 12 year old middle school girl, just trying to figure out what was going on in the world. And, uh, you're at your first track meet. Yes, yes. My very first track meet, I was signed up to do the long distance run. 
and they or, um, and they didn't have it at, at that event at this track meet. So I basically went as spectator, and I was spectating in the shot put area, and a girl decided to throw it the wrong way into the spectator area, and I caught it with my head. Oh and my God. yes, at the time, um, at the at the junior high level, the the shot put is an eight pound ball of steel. So um, right in the head, and uh, it actually crushed my skull into pieces, and also uh, created a blood clot on my brain that was growing significantly fast. So I had to have two operations. One was to remove the blood clot immediately, and then a few days later, when I was stable, they went back in to pick out the skull pieces from my brain. Oh my gosh! So this was your first experience, your first track meet, uh, and my last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Yeah, my parents made me continue with track and, and at the track coaches. I think everybody thought it was like a good idea for my morale to you know, still be part of the team. Uh, I didn't go to any more track meets, but I went to the practice and I just, you know, I guess pretty much sat there. But, um, but yeah, that was that ended my track career. I didn't have much of a desire to continue after that. And, you know, and I think we chatted about this before. Now, here you are, uh, a middle school girl just trying to figure it out and they had to shave your head, you had a wig, you had a helmet. So you had some 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 big challenges early on yeah you know to me the brain surgeries were the piece of cake but the hard part <laughs> was being 12 years old a girl and already you're awkward and I had no hair you know I had to wear a, this awful wig which to be honest it looked like a wig you know and then mm-hmm. I had to wear right. um I was young enough that they felt my skull would grow back together and mostly it has um but they made me wear a helmet for a year which you know, what 12 year old girl or boy or anyone wants to wear a helmet everywhere right. they go for a year. It's pretty humiliating. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and so, so, f- but physically you came out of it fine. I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it did keep you away from running for at least, you know, I think you said a while, right? Yeah. You know, I would run for myself here and there in college. I tried to, you know, run around campus a little bit to just to be healthy. Um, but I never was consistent. I never was, you know, had a regimen. I, I never raced. I didn't really take it seriously again. So I was about 37 years old. And yeah, so fast forward to 37 and now you're four kids deep, right? Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, you know, people ask me all the time, what made you start at 37? You know, and I think I just needed something for me. You know, I hadn't, I was, I was working full time with four kids with a husband and a house and everything to take care of all those, you know, and there was never, never moment of quiet. You know, I, I taught, so I was teaching kids all day, a group of 22 kids. And then I come home to my four kids and, you know, it was just always loud and chaotic and never any time for me. And so I just started about, you know, running just a mile, just around the block. And I just love that quiet time that, and, you know, and I really believe that doing something for me made me a better mom and a better wife. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, you nailed it right there. So obviously we are part of a sport that is, can be, it is selfish. There's some solitude, but at the mm-hmm. same time, we need that time in our mind to come back to our real life. And it, it makes us a stronger person. It helps us decompress. You know, I think, I think everybody, if you are, you know, in a high powered career or a family person or anything, you, you have to have time to decompress. Yeah, hundred percent. You have to have that outlet in your thoughts or out of your thoughts. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. So yesterday for me was a recovery day and usually I do some active recovery, but I just needed a day to do nothing. I was so miserable last night. 
<laughs> and isn't, my, it, isn't it funny that you you like the whole week long when you're intensely training like oh I cannot wait for my rest day and then the rest day comes and you're like oh what the hell am I gonna do today <laughs> seriously I, I mean I you know, went into work I had a crazy day came home to see my awesome wife my awesome daughter and I was just like I'm really miserable I, I apologize to him like I just didn't you know and it's funny I did I slept late or later past 4 30 and I thought it was going to be really recharged I felt lethargic all day um whereas this morning I got up 4 30 had a crazy workout and I feel energized mm-hmm. so um okay so you start this this running to get away not to get away to kind of recharge and get into your own space and um but that kind of led into your first race and i remember it it definitely wasn't a marathon but it was something leading up to a marathon yeah my first race was um was actually a trail race it was a 10k and um and you know when i ran it i didn't know anything about times or anything like that i didn't have a watch you know and uh whenever i completed it everybody's like wow you're pretty good at that you know and i i not you know i'm not growing up really being in sports obviously you know after after what I went through and um I had no idea that I could be good at something you know athletically and so um you know after that I took it real seriously and within the first year of starting running I ran my first marathon and how did you do with your first marathon um well I did pretty good um you know I I only had six weeks to train because before I had um stress fractures in both of my uh shins and so I had a quick training before. And so afterwards, I was pretty wrecked. It was hard on my body. Um, I don't recommend that kind of training for a marathon for anyone. And, um, you know, I think after that, I realized I couldn't just run. Running was just too much on my body. And so um, that's when I started looking at triathlon. And were the stress fractures from running, Jill? Yes. Well, it, 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 um. So I was going through some other issues at the time that I didn't know that were not diagnosed. And uh, we've talked about that before, and we'll touch on that on the, um, with the RA. Yes. Um, and it, with all this autoimmune, it ended up at that time, I had osteoporosis or osteopenia, which has now progressed to osteoporosis. Um, so, and that's why I get stress fractures actually frequently. Holy. So, yeah, well, let's, let's jump into the RA because that obviously is a huge part of your life. So you mm-hmm. were, you were, um, so were the stress fractures the start of this? And then it's not the cause of it, but was, was your body kind of breaking down? Uh, it wasn't the start of it, but certainly it was one of the uh, stressors of it. Like I had been having symptoms for years. Probably if I go back the first time, the first symptoms that I really started um, recognizing that I was actually going to the hospital for and things like that was um, back in 2007, I was actually pregnant with my second child. And I went into preterm labor and it had turned out my body was actually just trying to get rid of the baby because it was fighting so much. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, when I was in the hospital, they tested me for RA and they tested me for lupus and all all kinds of other autoimmune issues, but nothing had showed up yet. Well, you can have it for a while before it tests positive. You can have the symptoms. And so it was years later. So that was 2007. I wasn't diagnosed until probably... 2015 end of that so it was a few years okay so you so you're training for your marathon you get some stress fractures Mm -hmm. you complete the marathon Mm -hmm. you're pretty beat up and you're like you know what running is too much i'm gonna do a triathlon 
Yes. But the problem was I hadn't been on a bike since I was a kid and I did not know how to swim and like not, <laughs> not know how to swim. Like not that I did not know how to formally swim. I literally had never put my face in the water to swim. That's right. I remember, that's right. We chatted about this. It, you know, there's people that say I can't swim. And then there's people like you that say, no, I literally cannot get in the water and put my face in and float. Right. Like I, I probably could have treaded water to save my life, but mm -hmm. I could not put my, my face in the water and, and float even. Yet you were determined to do your first triathlon. Yes. So my little ones, you know, out of the four boys, the two little ones, they were probably maybe about two and three. And they were taking swim lessons with a swim teacher in her backyard. So I just decided to start joining them for their lessons. <laughs> and, and so, and then, and then I, you know, from there, I just, I would go to the gym and I, I used YouTube a lot, you know, to help me too. And um, I would go to the gym and I would go to the gym and I would, my swim time would always be after the senior water aerobics class. And they would be so concerned because I could not even swim 12 and a half, you know, halfway across the pool without yeah. having to stop while I was gasping and choking. <laughs> yeah, and gasping, not like just, you know, slowing down. You are literally like treading, you know, splashing oh. around. and Yes, choking water. We would call it the sink and drink. <laughs> did, did, did you tell a lifeguard like, hey, don't mind me. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't a lifeguard. These seniors were watching out for me. That's for sure. They were concerned. <laughs> that is wild. So. Okay, so let's kind of push this forward a little bit. So, you 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 take some swim lessons. You get mm -hmm. comfortable in the pool, mm -hmm. and you're out on your bike. Yes. So swimming was coming along, and um, I was biking, and but I was mostly biking with um, other triathletes, people who had done triathlon or who were training for Ironman. But they would take me out like on Saturdays, and you know, try to get me acclimated. Well, this one weekend, um, it's actually a Sunday morning and nobody could go with me. So it's my first time out by myself and a few miles from my house, I hit a curb and flipped over and hit a fire hydrant and I shattered my clavicle and uh, messed up my shoulder amongst just other road rash and bruises. And, um, I went to the hospital and then I ended up having to have uh, a clavicle repair. They put, um, plate and screws to repair that. And then, um, I ended up developing adhesive capsulitis and having to have shoulder surgery as well. Were you just clumsy as a child or does this just like bad <laughs> luck for you? Um, probably both. I am accident okay. prone, but really crazy things happen to me. I mean, do you know anybody who's been hit in the head with a shot put? You know, like my luck no, I <laughs> thankfully, I mean, just, I mean, no, just you. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my, my luck, uh, you said, you know, it's not, it's not on my side either. So I think a little bit of both clumsy and unlucky. Or you can look at it like I'm very lucky because look at the things that I've survived. <laughs> well, yeah. And that goes into your, I love your Instagram handle, which is Iron Will, Iron Jill. I mean, you have had everything thrown at you physically, uh, you know, out of your control. Um, but then also you training for your triathlon, you, that's when you were diagnosed with, with RA. Well, it was actually just weeks before my first triathlon. So I, um, I was signed up for triathlon, but because of the bike accident, I couldn't do it. So it took almost a full year um, of recovery before I could get to do my first triathlon, um, which was probably part of it. You know, in retrospect, because of RA, I don't heal the same way as other people do. Right. And um, so that's probably a big part of it. You know, just my recovery time is not the same. Um, but it was weeks before my first triathlon. 
and um, I was covered in a rash from head to toe. My body swollen. I could not walk. I could barely shuffle. I could not pick my feet up at all. I literally slid my feet across the floor. And I was going to the dermatologist for the rash. And remember, over these last years, I've been tested for everything. I'm going through all these, seeing all these doctors. I was seeing an oncologist, a hematologist, everybody trying to figure out what was wrong. When I went to the dermatologist and she saw the rash and she saw how I couldn't walk and she works very closely with my rheumatologist and she was on the phone with him immediately. And that really pushed me through to seeing him and getting the testing, you know, progressed quicker. And that's when they found the diagnosis of the RA. And so when they diagnosed you, um, what was the, you know, what did they tell you you could or could not do? Well, to be honest, um, as much as I love my rheumatologist and as amazing as he is and how helpful he has been to me, he does not agree with my, um, what I put my body through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at that time when I, um, you know, I was training for my first sprint and he had said he did not want me to ever do anything more than a sprint. Uh, you know, of course, in my mind, I already knew what my goal was. My goal was the <laughs> Ironman, you know? Right. <laughs> so I'm like, you can't tell me I can't, I can just do a sprint when I know I'm going to do an Ironman you know, and I think, you know, not him saying that, but just, I guess, I guess maybe RA telling me that, you know, that, that my limitations were going to mm-hmm. be this, that I was like, oh, hell no, <laughs> <laughs> you are not going to limit me. You are already typing, ty- taking away my health, my movement, mm-hmm. you know, and I- I'm not going to let you take this, you know, this away from me too. And is the fear with RA, um, the recovery, and then obviously, you know, there's I assume your body's a little bit more brittle than not having it. And then obviously in the back end, there's probably the recovery factor as well. Um, well, it's an autoimmune issue. So yes, um, the biggest thing is probably the pain, the joint pain I have bilaterally throughout my body. Um, for me, it affects me mostly in my feet, my hips, which of course you use for running. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, but um, it also leads to so many other issues. Like I have osteoporosis, I have hypothyroid, I have, you know, so it's, it's my overall general health that's affected too. When I was training for Ironman, I was on antibiotics for three and a half months, every single day straight. Wow. Now, was that because you were training for Ironman or because your body was? Um, well, I do think it was because the intensity of the Ironman training, because I, I think most people who train for an Ironman anyway, their immune system is affected. Yes. And then take mine that's already compromised. And it was, I mean, I, you know, during a peak week, I had pneumonia. Oh my God. Okay. So, you know, <clears throat> it was, uh, training for Ironman was the toughest thing I have ever done. And I think that that a, a normal healthy person would probably say that, you know, so to throw in the RA, it was, it was, it was definitely a challenge. Yeah. And you kind of, we, you kind of jumped over that a little bit. So you, you get diagnosed with RA, mm-hmm. um, right before your, your sprint, mm-hmm. which you couldn't do, but then you ended up doing a triathlon and then a year later i think you said or within nine months you were training for your first ironman yes well i i actually worked my way up i, I was pretty smart i did the, the half ironman first and then <laughs> that's I, what you've not done anything stupid so far in your life no. so. <laughs> <laughs> well I, you know, I didn't even know if we talked about this yesterday this is especially you know it's a woman thing but um i don't know if it's because of my just my fragile body but this was before the half ironman um, my uterus pretty much fell out. Oh my God. Yes. While I was running on a training run. And so I knew I needed to have, they told me I needed to have a hysterectomy, but I had put so much training into the half Ironman that I asked if I could do the half Ironman first. So basically he put it back in and ha- had it put in place so I can run the triathlon. 
And then I had a hysterectomy right after, like days after. So you finished the half Ironman 70.3 and then the next day went in for a hysterectomy. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And and my doctor, you know, I was, I was really, I was really surprised that he said yes, but really happy that he did because, you know, you put so much into training. Right. And it's not like there's, it's like the 5k that there's one every weekend. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%, but I can't even imagine the look on your doctor's face when you told him or her that you have to push this off because you have a, you know, a, a six, eight hour race coming up. <laughs> I know. I know. You know, and it's funny because when you're in that moment, you don't think that you're crazy. You don't think that it's no. a crazy thing. You know, oh, my uterus just fell out. Can you push it back in so I can do my race? That sounds yeah. pretty damn crazy, you know? But, no, um, but I, it, it, no, as as triathletes, I think that's the first thing we all think about when something bad happens is oh my God, am I going to be able to either one, continue what I'm doing or two, do the race I've been training for? It's, it's not the excruciating pain that we're in at that yeah. moment. Well, and I don't think unless you train for a triathlon, you really truly understand how much goes into that training. You know, I've trained for um, every, um, every distance of road race. You know, I've trained for ultras and I'm, I'm not going to say it's not challenging. It's not difficult. It, it, it is in, in, in its own right. But with a triathlon, you're doing that times three. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's not, you know, running is the, I'll use the word easiest that you can just lace up your sneakers in the morning and go mm-hmm. out and run, you know, but to go on your bike, it takes like 30 minutes to prep to get on your bike. And yeah. to find a place that's going to be safe. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, yeah, it's, it's uh, and, and swimming and getting to a place to swim and change and like everything. It's, you know, you spend every free moment training or prepping yes and it's just so much invested and i and i know it sounds insane and i know when i look back i can see how people would think i was insane (laughs) but you know it's just i I feel and i I, you know honestly too is i feel like i put my my family sacrifices a lot for me to do this Mm -hmm. and i don't want it to be for nothing yeah i think the only people that would think you're insane are non-triathletes i think every person listening to this podcast would be like oh yeah i would do the same thing yeah i think you're right (laughs) (laughs) so so you're in good company with this program (laughs) so okay so you do your you do an iron man and and then you're like well i need to do something else so (laughs) let me start training for an ultra yes i don't know what it is but i have well i mean i like i'm sure like you like most of us endurance athletes we're always looking for the next challenge, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I think that's a, the good thing about working your way up in the distances. I know some people who, um, heck, I have a friend who never did a triathlon at all and her first was an Ironman and I don't sure. know how she did it. It's amazing. But for me, there's something to be said about working your way up because it allows you to go for the next challenge. You know, like I, I did the sprint, I did the, the Olympic, I did the half, I did the full. So I always had that next challenge ahead of me. And that's what I look forward to. And so after the full Ironman, um, you know, I started my first race ever was in trails and, and heck, if I go back my whole life, I've always gone, my husband and I, our dates were hiking. We always went camping, you know, <laughs> like that was my true love. And so I was like, well, mm-hmm. let's get back to the trails. And especially when you're recovering from an Ironman or recovering from a hard race. Um, if you're on the trails, it forces you to go a little bit easier. If that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah. I agree with you. Yep. And so it, it brought back my love of it. You know, I wasn't just training and looking at data and pace and I was just looking around, enjoying the scenery and, and breathing and, you know, and um, I'm like, well, I could do this all day long. <laughs> <laughs> so I signed up for my 50 miler. 
And that was just, so we're, we're in March now. That was in February. That was a couple of weeks ago, yep, I believe. Yep, yep. Just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, three, I think three weeks ago. And okay. So, be, so the, the day itself, it was downpouring. A bunch of people didn't even start. And, and here you are, you showed up, you finished, you made the cutoff. Barely. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but you made it. I know. I, and I appreciate you downplaying it but i mean deal with everything you're dealing with right now i mean you you finished it um but tell i want you to tell the story about your last big training run the, the 26 miler yeah so you know being a mom of four is an endurance sport in of itself so right, i so. i um i started really early before my husband left for work and i ran for an hour and then he had to go to work so i came back in and i got all four of my kids or three of my kids three of my four kids off to school and then I ran um, another hour, and then I had to take my oldest to the orthodontist. While we were there, he was complaining his ear hurt. So I had to race him over to the pediatrician, and he had a severe ear infection. So then I went to the pharmacy, picked up his medicine, and took him home. And then I went back out to run again. And while I was out running in the middle of the trails in the forest, I get a phone call from the elementary school that my youngest hit his head and was bleeding and had to be taken to the emergency room. So I'm like running as hard as I can and, you know, through these trails trying to get home. So, and I called my oldest. I'm like, get the car ready, get this, you know, telling him what to do to help me to get ready. I was like, I gotta get Emerson. <laughs> and so I get up to the school and sure enough, you know, he had to get a few stitches. So I took him to the emergency room and stitched him up and then came home. My, my husband met me at home and then I went back out again and finished my run so it took me like 12 hours that day to get my 26 miles in but you did it but I did it well damn it I was gonna do it I was like there is not at this point I could not be stopped I had to get it done and you know you you said at the very beginning of our conversation you know as you're training we train in a linear way but when when race day comes anything can be thrown at you. If it's a triathlon, you could have a blown tire. If you have stomach issues, if it's, you know, your first 50, your, your ultra, it was raining and muddy mm. and gross. So it's, when you have these training days of 26 miles in between orthodontists and ERs, yeah. it's like, bring it. There's not, nothing, nothing's going to happen on a race day. That's going to top that training program. Well, and you know, that's a big thing that I learned during Ironman training um, that I think really helped me be successful was that I learned that I couldn't just follow my training plan to a T. You know, I had a coach and she told me what I needed to do every day, but I couldn't just do that. Like it just wasn't feasible for me. I, at that time I had um, one in pre-K, two in elementary and one in intermediate. So three different school schedules. You know, I, I just couldn't do anything straight. I'd have to get up early, do part of the workout, get them to school, do another part of the workout, start the pickup all over, do another part of the workout and just do it as I could. And I think, you know, as we've got, as we're, we're older, I think we're right around the same age and we've been training mm -hmm. for a while. Your, your body tends to adapt to when you throw crap at it like that. So <laughs> it might actually be better on rate, you know, for race days because anything that's thrown at you on race day is nothing. Well, and that's true. That's actually how I, that gave me confidence going into my 50 miler after that right. day, because I thought, you know what, first of all, I've been going at it for 12 hours, you know, nonstop, <laughs> everything thrown at me and I'm still persevering through it and I'm still going to get this run done. And so I felt like, you know what? I did that. I think I could do, I, could, I think I can do 50 milers without distractions. And you were probably looking forward to being out there for 50 miles. That's you're like, right. Oh, I the cell phone. phone. No one's going to call <laughs> That's me. Right. <laughs> That's right. 
Okay, so you you finished that um, under the cutoff, and again, you people didn't even show up for that race. So you showed up, you finished, and in about a month, you have a. I did, and 100... you know, um, we talked a little bit about this yesterday too. Is you know, I came in last place. Uh, I finished with only six minutes. To sp- it was really close, um, mm-hmm. but you know, at the beginning of my diagnosis, when I was healthier, um, I was getting first place in my age group at races. And, you know, so I've pretty much gone from first place to last place, but that has not taken away. In fact, I'm probably even more proud of my finishes now because I know what it takes every single day that I have to get up to train for it. And I know what it takes throughout that race to get to that finish line that, you know, when I crossed that 50 mile, when I crossed that finish line, I was in tears. I was so happy. I was so damn proud. And I was in last place and I did not even care. And if right. I could go back to, you know, when I was winning first place, the thought of being in last place probably would have killed me. And now I'm just so grateful that I, that I finished. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? And, and I know, um, you know, you already, you, you basically answer my question that I always ask people. It's if we go back to our first day of training and give ourselves, um, you know, one piece of advice now that we learned back then or vice versa, you know, now that we know now back mm-hmm. then, I think you had said when we spoke about this earlier that just enjoy the moment and, and just, you know, be happy with what you're given. Yes. So if you ever see a race picture or, um, you know, people had um, who I had met on this course in the 50 miler um, and one of the ultra um, Facebook threads, uh, people had said, oh, I saw you out there. You always had a smile on your face. Oh, I, it was so always great to see you when I would pass you, you know, when they would pass me because you were always <laughs> so happy, you know, and, and it's so true. I had the, I had the best time out there and I'm so happy to be able to do what I can do and so grateful that I'm just enjoying every second out there. And it's not all about pushing hard until you're going to die, which of course I love to do that too. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's also about, like, like you mentioned, we get to do this. You know, and, and it's not that we're, I, I'm not going to um, get paid to do it. I'm not winning large sums of money. You know, this is something I choose to do for my enjoyment. And I think sometimes we forget to enjoy it. And um, that's one thing that with this bout with RA has really taught me is that, you know, we're really lucky to be able to do what we can do. Yeah. And especially as parents, it's awesome to show this to our kids um, although yes, I'm sure they want, they, they like when we, they always ask me, did you come in first? No, I didn't come in first. Oh. <laughs> but uh, you as a mom of four boys, you could teach them these life lessons that look, even first, last doesn't matter. You're, you're doing something that 99% of the population is not even doing. And most of them are healthier than you. Well, and that's, so, you know, our kids generation is not really being taught how to cope with losing, mm-hmm. you know, because everything has to be fair. And it's a hard skill to have, you know, it's hard to lose. And Mm -hmm. I know my youngest, um, especially when I crossed that finish line, my youngest was so proud. He's like, mommy, you won. And he knew I was last. He's like, you did so good. He was just so proud. And um, the two of the two youngest ones are in Taekwondo and they just last weekend took their um, orange belt test. And the, um, the older of the two younger ones always wins a trophy. He's really good. He's a natural. Well, the youngest one doesn't. And so it's kind of like a little rub in his face every time that, the, <laughs> that his brother gets a trophy and he doesn't. And so he was, and he did really great. I mean, he did amazing. And so I was so proud of him. He had been struggling with one of his um, series and he did, mm-hmm. he did awesome whenever he, you know, whenever he had to took the test, but he was so disappointed. I'm so bad at this. I'm so terrible. 
And, you know, and I told him, I'm like, you know, those thoughts cross my mind all the time. I mean, I'm sure people look at my race times right now and think that I'm not very good, you know, <laughs> where once I was. And, um, but I, you know, I reminded him, I'm like, do you remember how proud you were of me when I crossed that finish line? You know, how proud I was? I was last place. I was the last person to finish, you know? And so I felt like that was a good lesson for him because, you know, it, it, it gave him a little bit of perspective because while he was being so hard on himself, he wouldn't be the same way on me. Yeah, it, it's great. And, and I think that's the best part about our sport is that we could, t- we could take our families there and integrate it into these, into this, you know, into the weekend races or whatever, and they could see what we're doing. Um, but I think we choked the last time <laughs> for Mother's Day. They, they think you just sit around and watch TV all day. So, <laughs> yes, I know. It was right after my Ironman and, uh, last April and Mother's Day, you know, in May. And they had, you know, in school, they always fill out the mom papers and, you know, the, mm-hmm. how the mom inspires them. And I could not wait to get them thinking they're going to be bragging about their mom who's an Ironman, you know. And oh no, they put my mom watches TV all day. <laughs> Which I never have the TV on, not even as background noise. Never. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, they could have at least said laundry or dishes or something, you know, like that. Yeah, I really it makes do dinner do. for us. Yeah. All right. So as we're wrapping this up, um, you have a hundred K coming up in April and uh, you're looking forward to that because you said it's gonna be a little flatter than the Rocky raccoon. Yes. Rocky raccoon was like 4,500 feet of climbing, I think. Ugh. And this one is 400. Perfect. So I'm pretty excited about that. And then you're kind of, well, then you're doing the Chicago Marathon. In October. Yes. That's So what are you doing in the summer? Just watching TV or doing nothing or? <laughs> well, you know, there are, there are some other races. Uh, Under Armour has a series in the mountains that I would love to do. So um, I'm thinking about that. Um, but uh, the whole time I'm going to be training because my ultimate goal is in December to do the hundred miler. So I don't really have time to take off. A hundred miler in December. Okay. Yes. Yes. I hope and so. That's awesome. And that, well, I guess you're in Texas, so this is kind of easier for you to train weather wise in November and October. Right. Right. Yeah. It actually, yes. I guess for, for you, it'd be probably pretty horrible, but here that'd be the nice weather. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, awesome. So Jill, listen, I truly appreciate you coming on um your iron will iron gel and and you you proved why that's your why that's your um your handle because you just have the the craziest will that i've ever heard in my life so kudos to you oh thank you (laughs) and uh, listen good luck with your training and um your next race coming up in a couple weeks and i look forward to following your journey and everybody's going to follow you now at iron will iron jill could follow your journey as well thanks jay i really appreciate it My pleasure, and we'll talk again soon. Okay, always good talking to you. Take care. Bye. Holy crap, what'd you guys think? Jill Kuhn, Iron Will, Iron Jill. She is one badass woman. And uh, it was like every time I thought that something in her life was just couldn't get any crazier, there was just another story on top of it. Yet, she's persevered through every single thing that's happened to her in her life. And uh, just a great inspiration, truly motivating, truly positive through everything that's been going on. And just so thankful to be able to have her on my show and bring our conversation to you guys. So go follow her on Instagram. She's Iron Will, Iron Jill. She is putting nothing out there but positivity and just truly inspiring. So her next race is 100K coming up in a couple of weeks. 
And then she's going to finish off 2018 with a 100 miler because why not? That's what she does. So as always, thank you guys for listening, for sharing, for the five stars. And uh, thank you to Jill for coming on my show. As always, I'm J-Mac. This is my show. You know how to find me, J-Mac underscore tries. Until next Tuesday, talk to you then.